Good afternoon and welcome to Enhancing the Digital Front Door with Accurate Patient Provider Matching, a health system CIO Media Inc. production sponsored by Find, a simpler company. Just a little housekeeping before we get started. My name is Anthony Guerra. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Health Systems CIO, and I'll be your moderator today. We're looking forward to your participation. You can send in your questions or comments at any time in the Q&A box, and we'll take them later in the program. We'll also do a one-question poll later to get some feedback from you. Nice way to view the screen. Click on the top center. Get it in side-by-side mode. Then you can adjust the divider to get the video boxes and the slides the size you want them. And it should say speaker view in the top right-hand corner. Just so you see how we're going to spend our time today, we're gonna to first go about 35 to 40 minutes with our main panel discussion featuring Dr. Rick Vaughn, Medical Director of Digital Health, SSM Health. Taylor Hamilton, SVP and Chief Consumer Officer with Ballad Health. And Tom White, CEO with Fine Technologies, a simpler company. So lots of good stuff to talk about. Let's jump right in. Rick, let's start with you. Can you give us an overview of your organization and your role? Yeah, I work with SSM Healthcare. Uh, you know, it's a relatively large uh, healthcare system with uh, hospitals and clinics in four different states. Um, I started off there as an internal medicine doc and then became the chief medical information officer, then the VP of population health. And now I work on the digital health team. And one of the things we're working very closely on right now is uh, implementing a, uh, a provider a data um, uh, application that's going to help us uh, do what this, uh, is, what this meeting is all about, is matching patients and providers. Real quick, Rick, how does, uh, you mentioned the digital health team, the CMIO position which you had, how does that all uh, work from an org chart point of view at the moment? Yeah, it's a great question. We're <laughs> very early in the digital transformation. We've been talking about it a long time. We're really getting very serious about it. So I report to John Wynn, who's now our chief strategy officer, uh, and he's setting up the digital department. So we're still working through what it's going to look like, but we know it's got to interact very closely with other parts of the business, including our clinical leadership, our operations, uh, and our technology team. Uh, and all of that's kind of in transition at this point. But uh, what isn't in transition is the recognition that this is absolutely critical to our future. So we want to have a great digital front door. We want to make it extremely easy for patients and providers to find each other and understand uh, exactly what is needed uh, by each. Uh, and so we're very dedicated to making sure we, we have uh, something that works very well for us. Very good. Taylor? Hi, yes, I'm Taylor Hamilton. I'm the Chief Consumer Officer at Ballot Health. Uh, a quick overview of our organization, re relatively new uh, company. We are uh, the byproduct in a new organization formed by two in-market competing health systems, uh, two legacy systems, Mountain States Health Alliance and Wellmont Health System. We have about 13,000 team members. Uh, we have about 200 provider clinics. We serve four states, 22 hospitals. So. We, while we're uh, large, and that sounds like a lot, we have a patient base of about 1.2 million, um, which is not a lot. Uh, our geography it leans more to the rural uh, side of things. So while digital is extremely important to us, and I have a lot of things that I'm excited to share and, and, and ask questions as well, but we're also in a position where uh, we are in a uh, broadband desert. We have a lot of different um, areas of our region that uh, don't have access to broadband. So while we are uh, actively and um, aggressively uh, going after a, a digital front door and digital transformation as a system, we're also trying to come up with ways that we can provide access to folks that might not necessarily have access to broadband. 
Very good, Taylor. Tom? Uh, yeah, yeah, Tom White, uh, CEO of Find, a simpler company now. Uh, the, the product name is Simpler Directory. And, uh, you know, the, I started the company back in 2013, and the idea was to elevate the notion of what a provider means within a healthcare organization. So there's great patient record systems like Epic and Cerner and different ones. There's, there's payer systems that, that have existed for years, but there's really been no focus on provider solutions. So we wanted to elevate people, places, and services, the, the raw products that healthcare systems offer to consumers to a higher level and make it easy to find and book um, those products, those providers uh, directly in, in the system. And it's interesting um, with our panel that, you know, you look at SSM uh, and Dean, so two large enterprises, they're under one parent organization. And then also uh, with Taylor and the merger of two competing organizations, you know, modern healthcare is, is, is chock full of lots of organizations that are merging, growing, buying, changing. And it's real hard for those organizations to keep up with provider data. And so, you know, what, what, what Simpler Directory, the new, the new name for the product is, is really a, a provider data management solution to focus in on that core issue in an ever-changing world of, of M&A and, and, and growth how do you manage your provider population in a smart way for your consumers to find those folks? Very good, Tom. All right, Taylor, we're going to start with you here. Let's first define the problem, which Tom did a little bit. <clears throat> Can you give me some common scenarios in which patient provider matching needs to happen? What are the workflows and what are some of the ways in which it can go wrong or be done suboptimally? Absolutely. So uh, we recently, I wouldn't say recently started the journey for our digital transformation about, I want to say about 18 months ago, we realized, hey, this is critical. We need to be doing this. Uh, I was over marketing communications and since then have been uh, thrusted into the world of digital transformation, working really closely with IT. Uh, As Tom mentioned, we are, um, we had two uh, competing organization merged into one. As you can imagine, um, data is not great especially in healthcare for whatever reason, uh, especially physician data, as Tom mentioned. So we had not great data from two competing health systems that was merged into one that, in my opinion, was doubly not great data. Um, And we really didn't understand uh, the complexity of the data until we partnered with FIND and and really started peeling back the different layers to, to figure out what was going on. So we, as part of our digital front door strategy, we understand we need to have a foundation, right? So I would, I would very much say we're still in the foundational stage. We need a really good website. Um, we need really good data. We need a partner. We need a partner for physician search, which is going to lead us to online scheduling, virtual health, and those sorts of things. So when we, when we partnered with Find and really started again peeling that back, we realized very quickly uh, we needed better data. Uh, we needed uh, some data governance. So, you know, working with IT and other departments on data governance, we needed an easy way for uh, the practices and the individual providers to update their own data. Um, as with many organizations, we have varying buckets, and each bucket had their own way of processing, managing, and updating data, and none of that communicated with one another. So we did not have a central repository for all of this. We have an excellent, excellent medical services and a credentialing department, but it was it was fragmented because of these different silos. So over the last year, we've been putting a lot of work into coming up with 
a common set of rules, um, implementing um, implementing Find and Tom's um, um, backend to be our central repository, and also coming up with ways and new processes for each one of our practices and individual providers to be able to update their own data. What's really interesting about that is it's not only great for what we're doing on the consumer facing side, but there is a lot of downstream that I'm sure Tom can mention um, with, with billing, with insurance, with reimbursement. There's a lot of things that if you, when you really start looking at the patient provider data match, it bleeds into more than just simply, I wanna do a Google search and I want this doctor to show up in this location. I mean, there's so much more to it than that when you really start digging into it. Uh, Tom, she uh, called you out there. You wanna jump in? Yeah, so they, I mean, I kind of, and I, and I was alluding to it in my intro that, you know, that providers have not been elevated in the IT topography of healthcare. Uh, they've been siloed. So you think about the clinical side, there's provider data in the EMR. You think about the marketing side, they have a different database. And then you, in the payer side is a different database. And so it makes it very challenging for an enterprise to look at one record of a provider. It really doesn't exist. And so the journey that our clients go through with us is we, we shake that out. We say, we want one profile that actually integrates with your EMR, that integrates with your marketing platform, that integrates with your, with your health plan, uh, IT systems as well. And so it's, it, it starts with enrollment. So provider enrollment means not just the credential population, providers like Providers is a broad term. It means referring physicians, it means credential physicians, it means all the locations. I mean, Taylor mentioned that they service a, you know, a, a fairly large um, non-urban market. So there's gonna be locations all over the map and, and they, that they have these broadband deserts. So they need to have plate locations directly where the consumers are and they need to be and the consumers need to be able to find those besides a phone call and you know what we're trying to help our clients do is have this simple notion that one profile maps into clinical financial so rev cycle uh marketing and then plan management and it really it really makes it, it makes it easier and more efficient for our clients to to really manage provider data and it elevates it in the conversation next to what patient next to patient data uh, you know as, as a comparable um well yeah so we, yeah we help with the enrollment of referring physicians we integrate directly with credentialing software to uh to make sure that the the good privileging data comes through within uh the core profile of the provider we manage our clients manage all the networks that providers participate in and the tiering within within the fine simpler product as well, so it's it's multifaceted. It's one profile, but it really speaks to a lot of different workflows and work functions in the healthcare system. Very good, Rick. Do you want to either touch on the question on the slide or anything that's been said? Uh, really, I, I, all I can do is emphasize exactly what they said. The and, and I think Tom's being a little bit modest. Um, the the entity relationship diagram that you can try to draw from this as you think about everything that needs to occur to, to conclude all the transactions that occur at a site. So you got a provider who is in a plan at a particular site offering a particular service. Um, it gets extremely complicated. And I think Find does a good job of sitting down with you and saying, 
let us help you clean up your mess. And so the mess for us is seven different credentialing systems that were built out of a company that originally you know, was a very strong regional company that's now becoming a holding company, but currently doesn't have a central verification office for you know, Oklahoma, Missouri, Illinois, and Wisconsin, where our providers and where our services are, are delivered in, in our clinics and hospitals. So it is a really interesting data problem, um, you know, uh, which... Again, I've called it other uh, words other than interesting. Uh, <laughs> smile, he knows what I'm talking about. Uh, so it is a real challenge for you to sit down and say, how much of this are we going to be able to correct? Uh, and a lot of it falls on, on the side of the health system to say your data is in multiple different silos. And more importantly, you, you'll find is that you actually have different concepts of what a location is when you talk to your health plan and when you talk to uh, your CVO and you talk to your provider. Uh, so it required, uh, as Taylor said, it required for us to, for the first time, put together a data governance team uh, that had the right people on it to make those kinds of decisions and, and really build that data dictionary that says, this is what we mean when we say a location and this is how it will be used and this is how everybody will fall in line. Uh, and that will not go away. That's not a project level committee. That is a system level committee that will exist going forward for many of the other reasons that we that we just elucidated. It doesn't go away. It just that data needs to continually be managed. So um, it is an ambitious project, but it's got to get done if, you, if you're going to build a really good front door to your organization that will seamlessly and, and effortlessly um, connect patients and providers and services and get them paid for. Uh, and keep them within a patient's insurance uh, coverage, uh, you've got to have the courage and you've got to have a good partner to make sure you can get this done. Dr. Vaughn brought up a really good point that I, that I missed was that it's not just how you stand up the data model, it's how you manage the data model from, from then on. And it's, you know, we teach our, our clients and we give them the tools to really manage the data long-term and, and really understand that the resources that that are that that can manage the data are already on staff. It's a matter of giving them the, the tools that flow directly into this core database of providers, versus keeping you know uh, a change fax number, phone number, address on an email that goes to IT or a spreadsheet or you know some piece of some artifact that is that is dangling in the in the organization. We want we 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 ask our clients to send the changes directly into uh, the fine system so that everyone gets elevated. All the data elements get elevated at the same time by the by the organization. So it's a bit of crowdsourcing, but it's already it already exists. It's just not structured, and we structure it. All right, Tom. Uh, let's stick with you here. What are the effects of incorrect patient-provider matching? Um, what happens? Take take me through it. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, I'll run through some quick scenarios. So on the on the on the ref cycle side, patient walks in, are is brought into an ER. Uh, their doctor is their doctor is not in the EMR database, which happens about uh, one out of five times for every patient encounter. And uh, the registration folks build a, a shell record of the provider. Patient gets triaged, taken care of. Patient's discharged. Uh, the billing event, uh, the claim event happens, and, it's, and it bounces back. So the hospital ends up sitting on um, their uh, receivables, with their, their, their payables, I guess, the, the money coming into them for, it, for anywhere from 60 to 90 days longer than they should because the provider didn't exist in their ecosystem beforehand. And there was in what was built was a dummy shell, dummy record, 
which makes sense because the patient needs to get taken care of and you don't you don't want them to you don't want the care cycle to wait on a on a on the data entry problem but that's one area that that bad provider data impacts the care process and the rev cycle process on the match on the matching side on the, on the public facing uh, you know website and and websites if you have a if, you know if a patient has the wrong insurance associated with a provider that's a terrible experience. If the patient goes to the wrong type of provider, that's a terrible experience. Uh, if the patient has to call in and wait on hold for 30 or 40 or 50 minutes on a phone call to fix um, a wrong, a wrong linked, wrong search, poorly searched, inaccurate data, um, that's just a bad experience. And so, you know, we're all spoiled now. I mean, we're spoiled by Open Table, Amazon. I mean, you can run Uber. <laughs> you know, we've got we've got you know instant karma at our fingertips from from a consumer perspective, and that and that needs to get better inside healthcare. Um, Rick, you want to take me through any scenarios you've seen of of what getting this wrong can result in? No, I think he covered it pretty well. I think Tom's had a good good handle on it, but I do want to emphasize the, the delay in care. Right. So if you're not getting people to the right person and then remember, we, we know this, Amazon knows this, any online provider knows this or a service provider knows this. The number of things get left in a shopping, shopping cart and, and people just leave and don't ever come back. That's one of the biggest worries I have is when people reach a certain level of frustration over trying to book an appointment or to get a service, they just quit. Uh, or, you know, again, they, they may never get the service. They may go to a competitor who has a better setup. Um, but the bottom line is we can't afford that as a healthcare system that's living on a very small margin uh, that's taking on risk contracts, right? We've got to get our patients, uh, we've got to eliminate that human effort, uh, that frustration level that drives people away from care, uh, because we spend a tremendous amount of time trying to convince them to get care. Uh, and we don't want to see that just, give, you know, just thrown away uh, because they're having a bad experience trying to make a connection. We want to make that much simpler. And to uh, Tom's point, there are tons of people who are doing manual workarounds right now. If you look at the HR inefficiency that we have around this problem, uh, because there's bad data and people don't, you know, we're we're relying on manual updating. We're relying on people to call us if they have a change and they don't get around to it or it's stuck in an email chain or it's on a spreadsheet somewhere. It just is so uh, frustratingly useless waste of time. And we know our labor force, uh, you know, we just can't afford to have people doing things that uh, aren't, aren't uh, of value, especially when it affects how we look to consumers, right? So I, I just emphasize everything Tom would say and uh, recognize there is a health impact here. Taylor, as, as the chief consumer officer, uh, you want people to be happy and have good experiences. Well, um, as, as our other guests were alluding to, the strain that can be created can literally make people sick, uh, especially if you've got an insurance mess. I mean, that mm-hmm. can make ill people more sick. There's just no question mm-hmm. about it. So the, the, the goal here is, is in line with the health system's goal of making people healthy and feel well. Right. Absolutely. Healthy and well. And when we're talking about how we're going to transform our journey, I mean, one of the first things we looked at was that we started really looking at our own analytics on the consumer side of what are people coming to our website for? And they're coming to our website to pay their bill, find a physician, schedule an appointment, which we did not have up until recently, and we're still working through that, um, and finding a provider that's closest to where they are geographically. And, um, you know, we, we believe and have broken down our digital transformation journey into three buckets, which is growth, 
obviously transformation of the journey and then the building the relationship. Because ultimately, we want the, the, the patient or the consumer or the family member to become aware of our organization, have an excellent experience, and then have them get into that, that relationship cycle with us where it's, we're delivering on our brand promise. I'm going to Ballot Health because it's super easy, or I'm going to uh, SSM because it's easy. They know me. I don't have to mess with anything, and I can get in and see my provider with no problem. Uh, when we were uh, looking at the data, about 60%, about three in five people that visit our website are visiting it from a mobile device. And we have about 4,000 patients every week doing our physician search. That is incredible seeing that we only have, you know, we're only serving 1.2 million people in our region. So we feel like there is a lot of opportunity there. And what we're finding is people are really wanting to find a physician that's close to them, which makes sense, right? Uh, if you live in an urban area, it's easy. I want to go to a primary care doctor. It's probably just a few minutes away. If you live in a rural area, uh, a lot of times people are having to drive an hour or more to get to a provider. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to combine the, the patient, match the patient with the right provider as close as possible to their home, and sometimes even um, adding a layer of virtual health onto that so they're not having to travel very far to find the right care that they need. Um, I'd like to touch on one thing too is the patient provider matching is not only important for the consumer, it's also extremely important, and Tom alluded to this, um, for our team members, which we are employees, we call team members, um, our, we have a call center, we have a clinical call center, we have a consumer call center, and they get thousands of calls um, every day. And a lot of it is they're going onto our website, the associates are going onto the website and looking up pay, uh, physician information to provide, uh, you know, over the phone to, to these patients and these consumers that are calling in. And uh, a lot of the frustration we were hearing from our internal teams was that, I'm looking for a primary care physician in X and I can't find it. And it's because of our, our data. It wasn't, it wasn't where it needed to be. And I'm really happy to say that we're getting better and better. Um, I would say week over week, we've, been, we've improved. And as we're cleaning up the data and getting this really fantastic um, physician database in place, it's, it's really starting to cascade across the entire organization, um, the ease of access in, in, in that patient provider match. So to, today, um, Rick, today we're working with, with Find, um, and you found that to be quite transformational, it sounds like, in, in helping uh, this, this come about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think you don't know what you don't know. And if you're not careful, uh, you can walk into this thinking, oh, it's just a database. You know, you just open up the funnel and, and drop it all in and, you know, magical tunes come out the other side. <laughs> uh, I think what has helped is having a, a partner who has been through this journey multiple times now. Uh, we're a little more complicated in that we do have Dean Health Plan, which is an insurance company. Uh, Again, adds a whole new uh, layer of complexity in terms of, you know, the network plans, the, the non-SSM providers that are part of the networks that, uh, that our health plan has put in place in multiple regions. Uh, so they, have, they look at it a little bit differently and, under, and they're under a set of regulatory requirements that is, you know, frankly, more excessive and uh, more, uh, uh, more of an obstacle than the care delivery side has to work on. So, again, having a partner that can walk through this and say, you know, you're going to have to think about this. What are your data sources? How are you going to get those data sources normalized? How are you going to maintain those? And again, seven different credentialing systems with seven different approaches to updating provider information, different fields. And these are even with the same company, seven versions of, of, uh, of, a, of, a, of a platform that, uh, that have yet to be unified. But again, even though they're using the same system, they're all different. 
So I think, again, um, you need to look carefully, not only at the technology, but you need to look at the experience and the quality of the people who are going to be helping you solve, which is mainly an internal problem here, right? This is mainly an internal problem of getting your data normalized, getting your data dictionary and, and your concepts around what you mean by each of these terms to be usable across a health plan, across marketing, across uh, operations, across revenue cycle, all the things that Tom has pointed out. Uh, and again, they've done a lot of that legwork. Now, it's not a one-off solution because every organization is different, which again, uh, you're not buying software out of a box. You actually have to sit down, think about it very hard, figure out what your goals are and make sure that you're doing what you need to do uh, to get the end result. And I think Fine's been a pretty good partner for us as we walk through that journey. Taylor, anything you want to add in there? No, I echo uh, what, what Rick just said. I mean, it is, it's absolutely been a journey. And when I describe this to our uh, executive leadership team, our board of directors, you know, our, our digital strategy is never going to be done. Um, as with anything with technology, it's gonna, it needs to be, it's this living, breathing thing that we have to constantly pay attention to. And the data and the input of our provider information is extremely important. And we're spending a lot of time on, um, and a lot of time on normalizing it. I, I think we figured out processes by which we can have it updated. But now uh, what we're looking at is going back to our clinical council and talking to them about how we um, create different categories and naming for uh, certain things. Uh, for an example, and this is just an example, um, you know, cardiology, for instance, when a consumer searches, they're looking for a heart doctor here. I mean, that is the key term in, my, in, in our region. It's heart doctor. And as, as we're all aware, cardiology has, you know, 50 different ways you can call a cardiologist and what they specialize in and things that they do. So internally, we started looking at it. And even the way we have named different cardiologists is different. One physician, with, one physician might have one naming uh, type, and you might have three other physicians that do the same exact thing, but they all in the categories that we have them labeled, it all looks completely different. So we're actually having to sit down with our clinical counsel and we're trying to come up with consistent naming across the board that's even gonna help refine the output of, of what our consumers are looking for. So while I would like to say, you know, Find has done a wonderful job and we're done with that project and we're moving on, I don't ever think we're gonna be done. I just think that we are gonna have to continually look internally and look internally to get better, but also what are the, what do the consumers want? And that's really important too, because it's not, I'm looking for a, you know, echocardiogram. I'm like at this particular cardiology office, nobody knows exactly what that is. They just want to go to heart doctor, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, paying attention to what the consumers are looking for. We have found is also extremely important and that's actually helping us internally drive, um, drive our processes internally on what to deliver. Tom, let's talk a little bit about what you see when you're typically called on by prospects, someone who's interested in possibly using your services, uh, and then let's say they become a customer. I would imagine there's some consulting involved about, you know, as as uh, Rick mentioned, um, that you've been helpful in people understanding what needs to change. They don't even know what needs to change. How do we go about this? Then there's the software, which is the tool. Um, is it a process where the customer's here's what you need to do. You're going to need to do certain things. That's going to be a lot of work on your end. I'm going to help you understand how to do it. We've got this tool, but you can't put bad data into my nice tool. You're going to have to clean up your data for my tool to work properly. Is it something like that? 
Yeah, I mean, we help them. Yeah, no, but the it's interesting if you look at the, again the panel. You know, the, the Taylor's chief consumer officer. New, that's a new title in the industry. You know, Dr. Vaughn. You know, was a CMIO. Now he's now he's had a digital you know strategy chief digital officer, and he's still defining kind of what his role in the organization is. Our clients are like that, so they're they're all kind of new in their roles. It, as, as far as kind of C-level executives and what we sit down and we really, we're prescriptive in what we talk mm-hmm. about. We want to, we, we start with the specific problem of let's get all the provider data into one profile. So let's blow up this notion that you need 20 silos to manage the same doctor. Let's put it all into one system. Let's make sure the fields map to marketing, to, to Epic, to other systems as well. So we start simple with the database itself, and then we layer on the technology like the API into their website for provider search. We, we sprinkle in the, the clinical taxonomy, which we've done a lot with our clients so that consumers can type in you know, uh, tummy ache and it pulls up you know, the right provider. Um, so it's, it's definitely a process. You know, it's, not, it's, not a, it, it's, it's a big process, it's a big project. Uh, I would say that find is an enterprise solution from a cost perspective. So it's, it's not an insignificant purchase and that that we really, we, we, we tell the big picture, but then we start prescriptively with, you know, step one, step two, step three, step four. And then what we tell our clients on the data side is give us what you have and we'll sort through it. And then we're going to come back and ask you a lot of questions. (laughs) So <laughs> we're going to go build. So we build all the profiles, we layer in their data, and then we show all the, I mean, the, the system is designed to show the anomalies that exist and, uh, and learn from it. Uh, and, and we're all on this journey. We're early, right? Find is, finds a fairly new, new company, you know, started in 2013. Uh, everyone's kind of in a new role as well. So we're all early in this process and it's not different than, other technology that evolved over time, we're going to get smarter. Our clients are going to get smarter about how we do this. And then, and they're going to turn, you know, you asked about how inaccurate provider data kind of impacts a patient matching uh, patient provider matching. That's, that's where we start, but you know, the end goal is to, how do we really design uh, an experience for consumers that shows that that knows what they want to go do, that helps them, leads them down that pathway. So it's not just providing a search and scheduling tool that the consumer kind of figures out where to go and how to do it. It's really leading the consumer down down the right pathways. And I don't know what those are yet. I mean, those are all evolving as as we as the industry changes and grows. I mean, certainly the pandemic, fat you know, move things along in the process a lot. You know, how do you, how do you stand up 20 different COVID testing sites? How do you stand up all these vaccination sites? How do you, how do you show that off within your, your digital presence? Things like that. So um, I'm getting off topic a little bit, but yeah, the, we start, we're very prescriptive. Um, we, we're expansive in, in the product itself, but we definitely layer in uh, a specific approach to each of our clients. All right. Very good. Uh, Rick, let's start with you on this. What's the IT executive's role in improving the health system's patient provider matching? Who do you need to be working with if you're heading this up from the IT side? Yeah, I think it's a it's a great question. A couple of things I'd say first and foremost, um, this one this project can be somewhat difficult to get uh, executives other executives excited about 
you know, they see this as an infrastructure project. So first of all, you got to be a good champion and make sure you have good support across the, the enterprise because this is going to go on longer than people think it should because they don't understand how difficult it can be given where you are as an organization. Some are better than others. Some are further down the standardization path and their, their path is going to be easier. But there's got to be respect for the fact that if you want to have a digital front door, if you want to expose not only providers, but services uh, to consumers and be really consumer driven, uh, it takes more than lip service, right? So you got to got to have good support moving forward. The folks you need in hand, uh, to be honest with you, uh, it, we mentioned marketing multiple times. So marketing's been trying to do this on their own, right? So they don't have a tremendous amount of support. But if you go to your marketing team, they they know where these locations are. They've been asked to market them. They're probably the ones that have been doing a lot of work trying to get a consumer website out there for people to find things. Uh, they've done the best they can with what they have. So they need to be on fully on board because they understand the challenges of, you know, of, of this problem. And they understand a lot of the data sources that they've been forced to work with and the manual manipulation. If you don't go to them, you're going to find out about the off, one-off solutions they've come up with uh, and the manual workarounds that they've had to use. So get them involved early. Uh, the IT team, I think, as, as Tom alluded to, as we look at APIs and starting to insert information directly from find into other systems like your EHR, got to have the IT team on board. Uh, if, if you're up at teams like ours, you've been downsized over time, their interface team is overworked, um, and you've got to make sure you start getting on their list early on if they're buying into your project. So when you're ready to go, they can do the work uh, that's needed to make sure those APIs work and that uh, they're getting what they, what Find is getting what it needs from you and Epic and every, everyone else. That's critical. Um, I think obviously if you have a health plan like we do and you're gonna you know, create the master provider data for the entire organization, health plans gotta be involved. They have, again, more stringent requirements. They're under regulation. Um, you know, they're, they're gonna add in that layer of the network provider uh, concept. Um, so again, need to get them involved, uh, involved early so that they can really feel like they're owning this and you don't want to end up with a set of definitions and a database that doesn't work for them because it's going to be a lot of rework in the end. It'll be a challenge, but it's worth the effort getting it, uh, get it, getting it done earlier. So those are the folks I think, you know, at the top layer, uh, that you really need to think about. Got to have a steering committee. So again, if you've got multiple interests involved here, put yourself together a steering committee with your fine uh, folks so that, you know, everybody understands what direction you're going, what the phasing and priority is going to be, uh, and people have proper expectations about what this product's going to do in the first and second and third phases so that you don't get people uh, misunderstanding what you're trying to get done. That was been critical, and we alluded to earlier, I think Taylor brought it up, you got to have data governance. Um, you know, the, the leaders aren't going to be smart enough to understand the day-to-day -day data problems uh, and you're going to need that long term anyway, as you, as you become a more complicated organization and you're pushing everything digital, you're going to run into this problem in other systems and other questions. So get your data governance team. If you don't have one, get them up and running, understand who can best represent uh, the different data streams that are out there um, and that they understand they need to be part of a bigger solution and not just work on their particular silo. So that's that's off the top of my head. Those are the folks I think you definitely need to be thinking about as you're starting to get your project up and running. Very good, Taylor. You mentioned you uh, you worked in marketing, correct? And uh, Rick was saying how important it is to bring marketing on board. Yeah, and um, you know, as Rick mentioned, I I was in that bucket where you know, leading marketing and communications for the organization, we were doing the best we could with the limited resources that we had uh, on that provider data. And um, when we when we merged, we had to do several things from the IT side of things to get the foundation set up for the organization. You know, we needed, 
we, in the last three years, we have gone fully onto Epic, which was a huge lift on top of the pandemic, mind you. We've gone fully onto Epic, and we also, for one EMR, we uh, had to merge networks to create a new network, which is a huge undertaking. And we had to replace 14,000 computers across the system. So all of that needed to happen before we could do all of these other things. And um, with marketing communications, um, outreach, patient experience, what's great in my particular role is all of that rolls up under me. So there's, there is, there's a lot of bandwidth there. Uh, for the consumer side of things. And what we've done is we've created a champions team. And a lot of the champions that, that I've put into place are mostly for um, providing education, getting buy-in, and then helping through their, uh, you know, their networks, helping us guide the way. But IT, uh, the head of IT and myself, text all day, every day. Uh, we have a wonderful working relationship. And if you don't have IT on board, if you're not directly responsible for IT, uh, IT needs to be your best friend because without that, you're not going to go anywhere. Um, uh, we have our COO, our head of operations, which is extremely important because they can help um, in all their various ops meetings. There's a lot of um, education and communication that we're doing about our digital transformation efforts. Um, HR, HR is super important. Uh, legal and compliance, you also need to become best friends. I call it the BFS strategy. I want to be best friends with most of the people that I mentioned here because not only are they wonderful people, but they will make or break your <laughs> make or break your initiative. And you have to have legal compliance um, on on your side out of the gate. Make sure you're communicating with them all the time. What you don't want to do is get to a point where you're about to release something or uh, sign something and it's, legal hasn't signed off or compliance hasn't given you the green light because they can very quickly uh, slow things down to a screeching halt almost. Um, so legal compliance is part of a champion team and um, payer relations. I know that was mentioned. Finance is super important because as Tom has mentioned, there's a lot of downstream effects. If you have uh, the wrong, bad information, you're not going to get reimbursement and nobody wants to sit on AR for 30 to 60 to 90 plus days. And one thing that we've also done is we're, we've created a physician champion team and uh, that seems to be working too. So what, what we did is we went through our specialists and we've identified a physician champion from all of our different specialty categories. And we're working with those folks one-on-one -on -one to get them excited, get them to understand the opportunity, not only in um, the data side for the provider, patient provider matching, but also online scheduling, virtual uh, visits, all, everything that would fall under that bucket. And they're helping um, be a voice to other providers, which we have found to be extremely helpful. And, um, you know, providers don't necessarily have time to stop and read their emails or text messages all the time. But if you can get a, a great provider champion team in place and you have their ear once a month and you just arm them with little bits of information that they can then go out and cascade to all their uh, provider friends, uh, that seems to be helping out tremendously. Tom, between uh, Taylor and Rick, I, I think they mentioned everybody but housekeeping that, that you need to work with on this project. It's a pretty big project, huh? It is a big project, and it's really a mind a mind shift for our clients. You know that it, historically, IT is focused on um, the clinical tools to take care of patients, and and then also kind of the the you know the, the the backbone of of the hospital of the pipes that really drive kind of the data through the different systems, and and now it's it's shifting and and saying yes compliance is important uptime you know the clinical tools are very mission critical, but now we really need to to do a mind shift over to the consumer side, 
and really understand that as we, you know, as Ballad has a new brand, as SSM grows and changes, uh, we need to establish brand identity with consumers through digital tools. And that relationship needs to start and then prosper. And the only way to do that is to invest in IT tools that really build out the digital, the digital platform that they have. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, hospitals have been around forever and they, they, you know, they were designed, you know, kind of from a department up strategy. And we look at hospitals and say, we need to break those departments down and look at it as one enterprise, one brand. How do you serve that up? Let's lose the complexity of, of healthcare from a consumer perspective and really make it simple and easy. So it's, there's a lot, a lot of conversations and they don't stop. I mean, to Taylor's point that we, I'm always, you know, I'm going out to, I'm going to, I'm going to have my first, uh, you know, pan, post pandemic or during pandemic trip, a business trip in a year. I'm going to New York and I'm going to go see our, one of our big clients out there and just meet with their C-level executives to make sure they understand that what, what we're doing and what they're doing is mission critical to their future. Um, because it really is. It's, you got to look forward. You can't look past right now with digital tools. Tom, you mentioned being prescriptive. You know, you want every vendor, every software provider, everyone wants their clients to be successful. So I would imagine when you meet with clients, you want to make sure they understand what they're going to have to do on there and that you're not coming in to sell them something that they just turn on and they're done, right? I mean, you want them to really understand what it's going to take. Yeah, I mean, if you look at both the processes before we before Taylor purchased and also before Dr. Vaughn purchased, they were long, long cycles of communication, statements of work, really defining what the project was going to be before we ever uh, we ever signed anything. And uh, we don't know all the bumps and you know twists and turns in the process, um, but we know a lot of them, and we try to we try to uh, lay those out, but. Uh, these, you know, it's not a short, it's not a short sale cycle. It's not, you know, I wouldn't say it's a short implementation cycle either. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a journey for sure. Um, but it's, but it's a wholesale transformation. Tom, what's your advice for, uh, health systems that are, they're not ready sort of to go down the road of, of getting a partner like find, they're not ready for that yet, but they want to they want to get ready. They know they want to go down this road. What can they do on their own? to be better prepared for when they do bring someone like you in? They need it. So they need to hire somebody like Taylor or Dr. Vaughn. So they need to really build out an office that represents the the digital future, whatever that is, whether it's chief consumer officer, chief digital officer. I've seen a number of different titles, but they really need to, to spend money on a resource that is looking at their enterprise and saying, what I know, we I know we don't have the budget cycle this year, but let's let's put a budget in place for next year, the year, or the the year after, um, that really speaks to the digital uh, opportunity that's out there. Um, Band aid wise, I mean, they can look at their provider search and you know and manage the data better, but it's just hard. I mean, it's all spreadsheets and it's a real manual process, and so they're they're, they're always going to be behind the data. Uh, the, the data cycle as far as having bad data on their search tools. All right. Uh, let's go to our Ask a Co-Panelist. Tom, do you have a question for one or both of your co-panelists? Yeah. Uh, so Dr. Vaughn, um, on the Dean side, so the so SSM Dean is, you know, it's Dr. Vaughn mentioned it's one, it's a parent entity with basically 
basically an operational healthcare system. And then Dean is a big health plan in Wisconsin primarily, but I know growing. On the Dean side, I'm just curious, you know, who, not what person, but what role was the champion uh, at Dean? Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think of the formal title, but this is a person who's actually has a lot of influence over all the network support. Uh, so it's that this person understands all the networks and has all the folks that work underneath her that actually manage the different provider networks. Uh, and again, they are at a point where their internal solutions are, are, are kind of busting at the seams and are held together, you know, with a lot of work. And they're like, we are really aggressively expanding. It, this solution won't work anymore doing internally. Um, and we need to reach out to our provider side because they, they supply a lot of the data. So we need to go in together on a solution. So that individual has been very good about making sure that the health, uh, the, the, the health plan has a clear picture of what they want to get done, but at the same time understands that it's a joint effort and that we need to work together so that the data we're supplying them uh, is better as well as uh, the, uh, the outcome for everybody is better because that, that solution is a front door uh, the health plan is a front door to our health system. Um, so we've got to make sure we're on the same page and we have the same uh, same goals. Because, you know, they're, they're historically, they've, they their big issue has been around compliance, right? How do they serve up the network back into CMS or whomever um, that shows the right roster for their networks? Yeah, that's the that's the bottom layer. I mean, again, that's what regulation typically is. Is That's the minimum you need to be able to achieve. But I think they also understand the value uh, of consumer service, right? They're in a competitive marketplace. They're, they're reaching out to where they didn't have what to markets in which um, they're going to have a lot more competition than they've had in the past. So they really want to make sure that there's no frustrations on that consumer journey where you know they're having folks that are using those lists and coming in and saying, hey, I need to find the right provider in the right location with the right service. Um, I, I don't want to get frustrated. And they don't, certainly don't want their consumers frustrated because next uh, sign-up cycle, they want that person signing up again with a Dean Health Plan. And so do we. Makes sense. And then Taylor, on the uh, on this one brand strategy, right, with Ballad, where you know where are you on that journey as far as kind of uh, building out the Ballad uh, one brand piece? Mm-hmm. Well, so you know we started out um, foundational, and you know we're still working on some of those foundational pieces. In the last year, we've done um, provider search, we've done online scheduling, or well, we're working on online scheduling. Uh, we're uh, migrating our website and we've launched an internal app and an external app, an internal app for our team members. So, you know, we are, we're still in the foundational stage. Oh, and also virtual health. But, you know, really what uh, we're doing that I believe is something that's going to continue throughout our entire journey is we're trying to move from um, doing digital to being digital. And there's, there's a big difference with doing digital and being digital. I mean, doing digital is having um, a one-off goal from our digital department that we want to have 200 providers um, um, signed up on, you know, signed up on find, uh, utilizing find. Being digital is, it is a top-down strategy from the very top of our organization that's setting forth KPIs and metrics that is going to impact daily operations where, at the end of FY22, we want this many providers live on online scheduling. We have this many virtual visits. So we're really trying to shift from, yeah, we're doing some digital things to having an enterprise-wide strategy where everyone is bought in and thinking about 
how do we transform uh, the journey, the ballot health journey to being digital? So that's, that's really a big part of it. Does, does your CEO completely buy into that? I mean, what's on the C-suite level, what's their, their not belief, but um, their backing of what you're doing? 100%. 100% uh, we are fully committed, excited. Our board of directors is 100% on board. We started this journey. We have a, um, a consulting partner that we talked to and in a relationship with them that we talked to about two years ago about the importance of digital transformation. And uh, when I, le- I, was, I had a meeting with them, and when I left, I texted our CFO and said, oh, man, I need X dollars to spend every year on digital. And she wrote back, LOL. And, um, and then we started talking about, we started having these great conversations. And, you know, we have a really, uh, we have a really intelligent uh, leadership team and board of directors, um, extremely committed to the region and to the organization, but also they get it. They see what's happening in the market. Uh, They see the um, external uh, groups that are trying to come in and slowly chip away at the um, hospital's market share. Uh, which is fine, you know, and and that's part of the industry we're in, right? So we really want what's best for the patient. And what we believe is best for the patient is to create this seamless experience for them where they want to do business with us because they they trust our organization, they trust their providers, they know it's easy and it's close to home. Uh, Will there always be these external influences? Absolutely. I mean, you know, Walgreens, CVS, Amazon, you name it, right? People are getting into digital health and they're they're slowly starting to to move some of those patients. But I truly believe that when we're talking about digital, you're going to continue to have this convergence of digital and physical touch points. And no matter how technologically advanced we get, I truly believe you're still going to have to have that physical relationship and bond with that patient at some point. At some point, you're going to have to get in your car and you're going to have to drive either to the hospital or to the doctor's office. And you're going to want to have that relationship and know that you can trust that person that's down the street or an hour away. So really, that's what we're um, that's what we're working on. We're working on that that bond, creating that impenetrable bond between um, not the health system, but yes, the health system, the providers and the patient or the consumer, because we know that's that's not going to go anywhere. Right. No, it's 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 a great point. I mean, you're the digital tools become the safety net for the consumer if that provider retires, moves, you know, who's next, right? It's always healthcare is such a word of mouth historically, you know, how do what doctor do you have? Do you like that doctor? You know, it's I need to go see this specialist. Who do you know? And digital tools can solve that referral problem if they're done the right way. And they can be that safety net right. for Humor. So um, that's great. You're doing that. Awesome. All right. We're running a little short on time. I want to give everyone a chance for a final thought, a uh, piece of advice. Uh, and let's, let's envision who we're speaking to. We're speaking to healthcare IT leaders who um, are looking at this problem, um, perhaps not as far along as you are. Uh, what's your best advice for them? Um, Rick, let's start with you. Get started now. I think Tom alluded to this earlier, but get started now. I mean, this this is foundational, right? You've got to understand your services, your providers, your networks, all the things that we've been talking about for the last hour. 
Um, so getting your arms around this and recognizing that, hey, if I really want to be digital, and I, and I like, uh, you know, being digital versus saying you're digital, I, I would add one more layer, you know, being consumer oriented, other than saying you're consumer oriented, uh, really understanding what that means, and how you're going to shorten the journey and make it easier and actually even delightful for people to navigate your, your system requires you to figure out how you're going to connect services and, and show people where they need to go. So I would get started early. Uh, if you're not, go go beyond consideration and start laying down a plan. Taylor? Yeah, I echo Rick's comments and also um, uh, add extra padding into your timeline <laughs> because you you can think you're as prepared as possible. And as, as we have all alluded to on this call, you're going to run into something that you, you didn't know until you know or until you find it. Um, and... Uh, what we've learned is we add a little bit of extra time onto what we are. We have an internal deadline to our champions team of eight. It's going to happen on X, but then we add a week or two or even more based on whatever it is we're going live with just to make sure there's no surprises at the, and at the last minute, I'd also encourage um, these teams to start thinking or the, the folks on this call to start thinking about who you're going to have on either your steering team or champions team, whatever you want to call it and start that uh, socialization now uh, because it, it was about a year. I've been doing it for about a year and we're continuing to talk socialization and education is so important. And uh, if you can start that early as well, you'll be off to a really great start. Tom. Yeah, I think that they, um, I mean, all the things that have been said are fantastic and, and right on. Um, the 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 market itself is moving really fast, and, and Taylor mentioned, you know, Amazon and other, you know, CVS and all these different companies that are trying to establish beachhead relationships with your customers, your consumers, and they're going to go deeper into your space. And so we think that healthcare systems should go deeper into their space, go, go up the stack from a search perspective, not just have a great search page, you know, search the scheduling tool that, you know, that's, that's table stakes, but really look at how you, how, how when consumers are looking for healthcare, how you can be front and center from a brand perspective with them. And that's all about platform tools. It's foundational. It's, it's this change process we're talking about. You got to get started now. Um, but but just know that you know that that other organizations are going deeper into your stack right now, and uh, you need tools to to fight back on those. We think. All right, excellent. That's about all we had time for today. Recording regarding continual education, you could use the final slide in this deck. You'll get an email when the on-demand recording of this is, event is ready for viewing. If you want to sponsor an event with us, you can reach out to Nancy Wilcox from our team, and you can go to our website to register for upcoming webinars. With that, I want to thank our tremendous panel, Taylor Hamilton, Dr. Rick Vaughn, and Tom White. I want to thank our sponsor, Find a Simpler Company, for uh, sponsoring the event, making it possible. And I want to thank you, our attendees. And with that, everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you. Take care, Thanks, guys. Everybody. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.